Hey, have you heard about Anchor? You probably haven't heard about Anchor yet, so let me tell you about it. Anchor is the easiest way to make a podcast. You probably hear other people talk about how they make podcasts. If they say it's easy, they're crazy. All of their methods are really hard and complicated, but Anchor, super simple. First off, it's free. They have creation tools that let you make the podcast right from your phone. You don't even need a computer. This is 2019. Who uses computers anymore? Anchor distributes your podcast on all the other platforms. No need to go do all that complicated searching and hosting and posting. Hosting and posting. They do it for you. You can also make money from your podcast. Well, I mean, that's what I'm doing right now because you're listening to this ad. They've got everything you need to make a podcast in one spot. No need to search around all over the place. No need to go to 20 different sites. Just one. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Bet you thought I was going to sing right here, didn't you? Conquer the gauntlet. Conquer the gauntlet. Now that we're finally here. Now that we're finally an hour and 56 minutes into this episode. It's interesting to talk about Conquer the Gauntlet in a shared space and see how many, how few people have done it. Right. Like on the Discord, like it was like crickets. Mm-hmm. Crazy. Yeah, we're so used to it because it's a Midwest, Central to Midwest race. Yeah. I wouldn't even say Midwest, to be honest. I'd just say Central. The The, the coolest thing... About it was that somebody when I when I brought it up, somebody mentioned that the race. No, this was a this was a post I think in the Savage Syndicate Facebook group. That somebody said that Conquer the Gauntlet was like rickety obstacles and not I guess not that exciting of a festival area stuff like that. And I came back and said it is it is it, it definitely has a hometown obstacle race feel to it. And it does yes. because this is a company who has not grown to the level that Savage has, right. and obviously, you know, not even beyond that. They've kept it fairly small, and that's one of the reasons why we love Savage because they don't expand past their means. Right. And Conquer the Gauntlet has been the same way, so their obstacles aren't as high quality, but but they're still well built. They are, and, and I mean. Sometimes you're doing an obstacle and you're seeing David Manprise <laughs> screwing in more bracing because the obstacle's starting to fall over. But <laughs> <laughs> that happened. But they're there doing that. <laughs> but at this <laughs> at this past race, the the walls the the uh, I don't forget the name of the obstacle, but the like multiple walls in a row. Those were brand new. Oh, the walls of fury. Yes, I always hate those things. So we we did have, you know, the the race this weekend. It was their first race of the year in June because they have scaled down the amount of races because they're one of their main guys. Steven, was it Steven main prizes had had a a, a kid? David. Or was it David? David had a kid. But David's doing his own uh, children's obstacle race now. David's doing the Conquer uh, Youth. Conquer Youth, which is very cool in itself. But... They still have scaled down, whether it's maybe it's because of financial stuff, who knows? But they, they've said that it's because they want to focus more on, on their, their family. So they want to be able to spend more time, spending time with that family. So there's less races this year. So their very first one just happened in Dallas, which I was very thankful for. But 
this was also their first one to have a multi-lap competition. Yeah. Which, as loving the endurance stuff, <laughs> we were super excited for. <laughs> even though it was on June 1st. <laughs> in Texas. In Dallas. But it was at a it was at a course that we knew. You know, it had been there before. Uh, you know that it's not a very extremely hilly course. There, it's at a motocross track, so there are hills on the motocross portion of the track. But besides that, it's fairly flat. And there's a great creek that you go through for a portion of it. <laughs> and my God, was that that was like the savior of the event <laughs> because of the heat. It that was. was the best feeling. Like the first couple laps, it was like, this is a little chilly. And then after that, I was like, I'm so glad this water is so cold. <laughs> there were a few times on that course when I contemplated just going through the water and then doing the the obstacle penalty. <laughs> like at stairway, my hands were so ripped by my third lap that I, the the pain just I couldn't imagine finishing an obstacle on my third lap. So yeah, I definitely contemplated pulling in Evan and just going through the water just to cool off. <laughs> so the interesting part about it is that Concord Gauntlet is a mandatory obstacle completion race. So hardest obstacles around, Pegatron, Stairway to Heaven, the monkey bars I wouldn't say are super hard, but they're pretty tough. They got spinners. <laughs> they do have spinner, spinner, spinner bars. What do you call each, each, each rung. rung? Spinner rungs. Yeah. Rungs. Yeah. What is, what would you say would be the next hardest obstacle after Pegatron, Stairway to Heaven, and Cliffhanger? Well, Tarzan Swing. Oh, yeah. Tarzan Swing, depending on the race. Sometimes it's easier than others. Yeah. But for the most part, it's a rig. It's a multi-rig with typically pretty you know some tough holds but much further apart than you'd see at other races this particular race i would say was one of their easier rigs well don't say like there that was no bowling because pin. i made it across <laughs> <laughs> tarzan swing <laughs> you tarzan swing was so hard i can't believe you made it across that <laughs> thanks i needed that <laughs> But there was different lanes on Tarzan Swing. Thank you very much. <laughs> okay, well, to be, to be fair, there is a male lane and a female, yeah. well, multiple male lanes and multiple female lanes. Tell me about the female lane. So the lane that I went down, it was, oh gosh. So it was, I think it was a ring that went to a pole that went to a cone to a bungee, to a ring. I think that was it. I mean, it was a relatively short rig. It really was. It was a very short rig. I, I think that it was harder than the, the male side, though. Because if you had bungees and a cone... Yeah, we had a bungee rope. We had a T and two straight bars, but but one of them was at the beginning. Yeah. And a, and a rope, but... Ours started with a ring. Having a cone and a, and a bungee... I mean, that, that's definitely, I think, tougher than the men's side. Yeah, because I, I, I remember a rope and a bungee rope and a cone. Why didn't you just do the men's side? I don't know, because it had pink straps, and I went for the pink straps. 
I didn't even notice. I you know I didn't even look at it to see what the the women's side was. I, I honestly don't think there was any distinction between the men and the women's side because it was it looked all mixed up to me. So I just huh. I just went for one lane and honestly I tried. Stuck with that. Lane. I I got on my lane and I made it to the second hold and slipped off. I think the second hold was a rope actually, a rope with a knot. But I made it to the second hold and I slipped off and I'm like, man, I. Like, I feel like I can get across it. Like, I feel like this is doable. So my second attempt, that's whenever I made it across. So so what did you change from the first attempt to the second attempt to get across, get uh, through um, the rope? I just took my time with it. I, um, I kind of got my swinging down. So whenever I was, you know, I would kind of swing in between holds and I would pull up on my back hand. And yeah. that would kind of give me momentum to where I could grab onto and match hands and then grab onto the next hold and just kind of repeat that down the obstacle. So you felt like you didn't pull back hard enough the first time? Yes. Yeah, like I, I didn't feel like I had enough momentum to get me from hold to hold the first time. That'll do it. And, and, and that is why their rig is one of the harder ones, because for the most part, you do have to get momentum between each hole. Yeah, and I think had that rig been over water like it usually is, I don't think I would have gotten <laughs> it on the second try. <laughs> because your hands would have been wet exactly. after? Or? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, on the guy's side, it went from a straight bar to, to ring to uh, a T-hold, but then to a rope and a straight bar again. But the rope was like kind of high up. So you really yeah. did have to use your momentum to get to, to it. To swing up to it. Yeah. That's, I think that's another reason why I slipped off of the rope the first time was because I didn't, again, my momentum didn't allow me to get high enough, high enough up on the rope to grip it. So I wasn't high enough. I didn't grip high enough up on the rope. And then that's why I slipped down. I think it, if you can practice, if you're practicing rig, or rings, the best thing you can do for yourself is to practice that pullback. You get the pullback on your backhand, and that gives you so much more momentum to get to the next hold. Whereas you, you see videos of people and they kind of get stuck and they start swinging back and forth. And that's the worst thing you can do is, is keep yourself from moving forward. And it's all in that pullback. It's simply just pulling on your backhand and getting that uh, hold swing. as close to your body as you can before you let go. Yeah, that and matching hands I found has helped me a lot. Yeah, matching hands on a difficult hold goes a long way. Especially like when it's wet, even on a only rings at a Spartan sprint, matching hands is the way to go. Like that's I'll even do that. Yeah. Because that, that makes a huge difference to make you feel comfortable and confident that you can get across. Yeah. I actually did that at um at Tough Mudder College Station on just the tip mm -hmm. on the rings. Yep. I matched hands on the rings, even though I felt like just on regular on the gauntlet. Yeah, just on yeah, on the gauntlet. <laughs> just on regular rings, mm -hmm. I can pretty much make it one handed if I'm dry. But if I'm like already sweaty and wet and I'm not as confident on in my grip as I usually am, I'll match my hands just to give myself that extra assurance that I'm going to stay on that obstacle. Yeah. The momentum that we're talking about is the same thing that will make that will pull you right off a ring if your hands are wet. 
Yeah. So matching hands uh, makes a big difference. For sure. We'll probably focus on your race a little more than mine because (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to try and keep this short because I don't want to like focus on my issues. But I know some people do, you know, care about me and care about what's going on. So I'll mention it real, real fast. I I do feel like um, I've gotten I thought what, what I thought with my issues fixed and it's been a couple of months. And recently, within the past couple of weeks, I, I've started feeling like kind of lightheaded when I bend down and stand up. So I kind of knew going into the race, I wasn't quite sure how it was going to go. Sure enough, after like trying to hold a good, a decent pace through two laps, that third lap, I just I couldn't hold it anymore because my, my breath was just running out. Same feeling I got from being low on iron before. So I did mostly walk the third lap and was kind of bummed to have to, to stop at that point. I, I did stop and find out, Hey, where are the leaders? Uh, how far are they ahead of me? And I felt like they were far enough ahead that I was just like, even if I walked, it's not going to make a difference. Looking back, I, I do feel like that was probably the right move. Like I don't, I wouldn't have been podium even if I would have continued walking. Now, if I could have kept running, I feel like I would have had a great chance of being on the podium because even Victor stopped, I think, mm-hmm. after four laps. Yeah. And if I would have been able to run even at a slow pace, I had plenty of time to do five laps. Um, so it would have been totally just about, you know, finishing out the time and uh, destroying my hands probably <laughs> like everybody else. <laughs> yeah. But I am. I, I did go to the doctor and uh, got some blood taken. So I will find out soon what the, you know, if my iron is low. It's probably, it's kind of more scary to think that what if it's not, like, then what's the problem? Right. So. Yeah, I was kind of wondering about that. Like, whenever I went back and I watched the Instagram story and everything, I was wondering if it was, like, really your iron or if it was really just that hot outside. Because, like, like I said earlier, like, I've never cramped ever like that at a race. And (laughs) even with, like, my hydration and my nutrition the way it is, I, I've never, ever cramped at a race. And that was the first time I had ever experienced that. I was almost like, what's going on with me? Like, this is just so <laughs> unlike what my usual experience is. Dehydration and heat is one thing. And I, I know, you know, I was cramping in, in uh, whenever I jumped all up to do things in my, in my calves. Yes. But uh, otherwise, my body felt pretty good so it, it it wasn't in my muscles and my lactate i don't think it was it was in my 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 breath and my blood circulation i think mm-hmm. so i don't know we'll see but I, i'm part of me hopes it's iron it levels being low and part of me uh i don't know what to do now if it's if it wasn't but we'll see yeah hopefully it was just so. the heat because every i mean yeah <laughs> Overall, I really did. I really did enjoy the event and I really wanted to push harder and keep going because yeah. I started and, and now I'm, I'm, I'm not talking about my issues anymore. That's that's over. I'll, I'll get <laughs> off of that. But I, I started out running what to me was slow. Mm-hmm. Like I'm going to I'm going to hold my my world's toughest pace, you know, yeah. pace, my world's toughest pace and see how far that takes me. And that's how I started. And while. I know, like, I've always thought of Miles as being faster than me. I was ahead of Miles after lap two. Mm-hmm. I was well ahead of him. I was well ahead of, shoot, 
there's this one guy I can never remember. I don't know who his name is, but I see him at races and he all he's he's always like one of the top five. Like he's always doing way better than me. I passed him on lap two, and I was like, I was like, hey, lap two. And he's like, yeah, you too. And he was like, ah, there goes so much for my uh, so much for my five laps that I was hoping to do, and because he was just walking. And I was like, wow, I can't believe I passed like that guy. I mean, that's kind of why I like endurance racing because you know you. You beat people that I can't beat on a flat out fast run because they they can't last. So I was really I was kind of feeling good. Like I I know I'm not number one, but I could be two or I could be two or three or maybe four. Turned out I was in uh, fifth after five laps or after shoot. I was fifth after three laps and that's when I ended up stopping. But there were enough people that stopped ahead of me that I would have been on the podium if I would have kept going. (laughs) If I could have kept running, that is. Right. So I was, I felt pleased with where I'm at and uh, my my pacing at this point. Like the the pace that I can hold, even at a, a slow, keeping it comfortable, felt really good. And 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 it's partially, you know, it's partially being confident with obstacles and stuff. Now, before we talk about your race, because you did awesome and got second place, right? Third. third. You ended up getting third at the end. Uh, you were in second for a long time. Yeah. But before we talk about that, I did want to say uh, that their, like we said, their mandatory, normal mandatory completion for this particular wave, for the multi-lap wave, or not wave, because we all went all together, for the multi-lap event, you had you you had penalties that you could <laughs> do. Obstacle penalties. For, yeah. yeah. Yeah, penalties you could do for four different obstacles, and that was the hard ones. That mm-hmm. was Pegatron and Tarzan, Cliffhanger, Stairway to Heaven, and Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. And now that I think, of, and and I feel like I've I've thought about this before. So the penalty itself was nothing crazy. It was fifteen for men, twelve for women. Atlas burpees. Mm-hmm. So you had a little a little ball, a little twenty pound ball. That you had to throw over your shoulder mm-hmm. after doing a burpee. And then 15 or 12 for women thrusters with the ball. So it wasn't terrible. You know, it's like doing 30 burpees, basically. So that, w- that was cool. I-, I ended up taking it on Pegatron each time, even though, I, I like I said, I just didn't feel strong <laughs> at Pegatron. But that's the only one that I ended up doing the, the penalty on. So that's what their penalty was. They had, a, they had a pit lane, which was really cool. Yeah, I actually had marked out spots for pits. Some people had tents and not not camping tents but the shade tents which were godsends i'm curious the only other obstacle that i could think of that would really that could probably use a penalty would be smooth criminal would you agree that's the one i burned my hand on (laughs) yeah 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 that metal gets freaking hot in the sun so hot so hot i really could have sworn i heard my flesh sizzling on that bar (laughs) now i would say that that obstacle in its form that it was was probably a little easier than it has been in the past as others yeah but i cramped on that obstacle every single lap well not every single lap but it's not like a for sure pass obstacle i could see some people who i know are great runners but aren't so great at obstacles having trouble with it yeah so what if you got stuck at that, but you couldn't do a, the penalty thing? Like there's no penalty to do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I contemplated that. No, seriously. I contemplated that during the race because 
I'm like, I have literally already already burned myself on this obstacle <laughs> before, and I'm going to have to find my way across it now. <laughs> 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 but I, I mean, each time I found my way across it and it was just as painful <laughs> as the lot before, mm. <laughs> but only because yes. it's, it's really not a technically hard obstacle. It really isn't. It's not super hard. It's not super hard. But 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 it's tough enough. Yeah, it's it's definitely tough enough to where like if you're doing multiple laps, you you really don't feel like going across it every single time. Especially whenever you're cramping and your hands are ripped and <laughs> Yeah. The first time that happened, I fell off one of the ninja steps because my calf seized up on me <laughs> so bad like I literally see, slipped down one of the one of the steps <laughs> I was like ah and everybody in line behind me thought I twisted my ankle or something I'm like no my crap my calf just cramped up on me <laughs> <laughs> then I felt like a big baby like <laughs> no it's not a twisted ankle it's just a cramp <laughs> so you ended up doing three laps right yes I did three laps and, and you 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 waited for the person behind you because you were in second. You yeah. waited for the person behind you to come in to see if you wanted to go out for another. Yeah, to kind of gauge how I felt because I really wasn't feeling great coming off my third lap. Like I said, I was cramping and I was dealing with that stuff, and there wasn't there wasn't any obstacle attendants out there by that time. So I felt like I I felt almost scared of like. What if I slip and fall off an obstacle and there's nobody around to find me <laughs> or something, you know, <laughs> like, or what if I cramp up in the creek and I just drown and there's nobody around to like come save my ass or whatever, like, <laughs> like things like that start going through your head. And I, I really talked about it with Lauren and I really talked about it with Victor and I was like, I mean, is it even worth it at this point? Like, I just, I feel like I'm in so much pain that it's not going to be worth it tomorrow, <laughs> you know? And you have to almost have that conversation with yourself. Like, yeah, I can go out for another lap and secure my second place spot, or I can just kind of see how I feel <laughs> whenever I see that other girl coming in, If she, you know, and see if she comes in enough time for the cutoff and just kind of see how I feel. And if I feel good enough to go out on another lap, then I'll go. But if I don't, then I don't like. I was really surprised to see some of the people that decided to do continuum. Yeah. Like Victor and Miles, even Nathan Napalm. Mm -hmm. Some of the people that were there really kind of blew. Like I didn't expect them to be racing continuum. Right. Because they do so good at the short course or at the regular course. That Right. Like like Miles, I'd say out of all those guys, I, I was surprised that Napalm was as far ahead as he was because he was in, I think, third for a while mm -hmm. there. But Miles, even though he was behind me, he continued to push. And I ended up giving him my little uh, half-hand Spartan Fit gloves or whatever they're called. Oh, yeah. Because those are things that are a lifesaver after you tear your hands up. <laughs> I mean, if you wear them beforehand, they, they help for sure. But right. You know, nothing's better than skin on, on had those. metal. But I let him borrow mine, so I, I felt a little a little proud that he did as well as he did because he made a little further. 
without having to destroy his hands as bad as they <laughs> already were. So I'm sorry I didn't have those to give to you. <laughs> you can blame Miles. That's why he got more. He's lasting. your coach. He should have gave you. <laughs> One of my coaches took your gloves and the other one talked me into dropping out. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm totally just kidding. I'm 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 really glad that I didn't go out for another lap. Honestly. Well, it, it, it is a balance of particularly when it comes to endurance racing, a balance of glory versus what you put yourself through. Yeah. You know, it, it's a great feeling to be like I did it. Yeah. But then the next three days, I was like, oh my God, what did I do? Exactly. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, my whole thing was that first lap, I completed all the obstacles, which just getting across Pegatron for me was like, oh my God. <laughs> like, yes. You know, just getting news. across Pegatron for me was like, holy crap, everything else is just bonus at this point. Like, Have you ever that was my, Have you ever done it before? That was my first time getting across Pegatron. Well, first really time, awesome. yeah. And Did I was, anybody film it? No. Oh, man. No, nobody filmed it. Lauren saw it with his own two eyes, but... Well, that's cool. <laughs> but, yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. <laughs> so, I, I, yeah, nobody filmed it. Nobody even got, like, me in the background going across. <laughs> but, but no so even on the race photo even on the, the yeah even on the race photos but <laughs> i don't care because i made it across and i was like yeah heck yeah <laughs> <laughs> that was awesome like as soon as i rang that bell i was like holy crap i just made it through pegatron i'm running <laughs> that is one of the best feelings ever yeah. i mean that is what i can't think of a harder obstacle i've done in, in any race even the championship races. Yeah. Can you? No, no. That's probably the hard one of the hardest obstacles in OCR right now because of its failure rate. Yeah. I'm surprised they don't have that at OCR World Championships. Just saying. No, it, it's too high of a failure failure rate. World, World Championships goes for a, I think, 75% or like there's a certain percentage that they try to, to hold to and it, it would be too high. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. <laughs> because you can do it now? <laughs> yeah, because I can do it now. I'm not saying that I would be able to do it every single time, but I'm just saying. <laughs> and and literally the only way to get across that obstacle is just to practice on your own pegboard. <laughs> I mean, it, really. It's interesting. <laughs> well, the the thing about it is is you can practice holding, you know, a uh, an L L bent elbow hold on on bars or whatever and, and hold that for a while. The the key though is unless you just have massive upper body and, and, and a light weight in your in your actual body to hold yourself forever, the the it's it's the movement, it's the technique. Yeah. So no, totally focusing because I didn't have that I can't lock off at ninety degrees for that long. So did you like lower down to a, a I did dead the, hang at some I did, point? I did the monkey bar version of Pegatron. Oh, you swung it? Yes. Nice. Which is actually easier for me. I I I tried it. If and if it's you get the peg in the hole though. Yeah. Which if you miss. So whenever <laughs> I practiced at the ninja gym down in Kenner, 
um, one of the guys told me like, keep your hips facing which way you want to go. And if you can keep your hips facing which mm -hmm. way you want to go, like that's the way you're going to swing. So mm -hmm. that's the, you know, that's the direction that you're going to go to so that you can get that peg into that hole. Nice. So the more times I practiced that, the easier it became. And I'm like, this is easier, <laughs> <laughs> you know? And, um, whenever I was in line and I was holding the pegs, I was kind of visualizing like how I was going to do it because there is a certain mm -hmm. way, like if you're going to go from the right or from the left, there yeah. is a certain way you're more comfortable with it. So if you can visualize yourself doing it from that side, then I think it makes it a little bit easier once you're comfortable with your technique. And there was a few times whenever I did miss the hole, but hanging from the peg from in that position just made it easier for me because I'm not. You were able to swing back and then get it on. Exactly. The next, yeah. The next forward motion. Exactly. And, and the very first time that I ever completed it was like that. So it definitely has its uh, advantage. But I think that the key is not spreading yourself too far. Like on one of my subsequent laps, I tried that method and on I was doing it OK. But then on one of my swings, it, I, I tried to reach too far. And I miss. So on my swing back, I just it was too much of a pull. Mm -hmm. So if you take it, take it slow. Whereas, and this is, you know, if you want to get good at Pegatron, you really do. It's not one of those obstacles that you can just haphazardly make your way through. Like you yeah. really have to have a game plan or be insanely strong and, and make your way through. Right. But so my game plan, if I'm going uh, bent elbows, you know, just facing the board is basically moving one hole at a time. And that takes a lot of time. Mm -hmm. uh, it, it takes a long time to get across, which is the longer you're holding yourself up there. And so it's it's hard. Yeah. If you, when you swing, you can skip one, but you can swing far enough to skip multiple. But I think that's the problem is if you do, uh, if you swing too far, then it gets really hard. Yeah. So that's the, my, my thought is the key is swinging is to, take a, a shorter swing than you think you might should. Yeah, that's one of the things with that obstacle is patience is a lot. Patience mm -hmm. and technique and don't get too greedy. <laughs> because, <laughs> yes, yeah. don't get too greedy. Don't get too greedy, skipping <laughs> holes and whatnot because it's just not going to work for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just, it really is one of those obstacles that you just have to replicate it somehow in your own backyard or go to, like <laughs> I did, go to a ninja gym and replicate it and just practice yeah. on it just until you're comfortable with it. Because my problem with Pegatron was that there was never anything around me readily available for me to practice those kind of holds, that kind of grip strength, mm -hmm. that kind of endurance in my grip. So once I made the trip down to New Orleans and I'm like, I really need to practice this because this is a problem. <laughs> that and stairway. So um yeah, and I made it through both of them. So I'm like super stoked that I made it through both of them. <laughs> you yeah, know? That's awesome. Yeah. So you know, especially after that first lap, and I went back and I looked at the standings and I'm like, man, I would have finished fifth. Oh, oh, in the, in the elite, in the, elite in the first wave. Yeah. yeah. So like my first lap, I made it through all the obstacles. I'm like, frick, yeah, like this is freaking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and at that point, all the other subsequent laps after that was like just bonus to me, honestly. Nice. That's why we do this. I, I, 
that, that's the um, you know you can go there's a you know the runner's high right there's right. A, a, an emotion that that goes along with uh, going out and pushing your body and I, I think that's a big part of OCR is pushing your body in ways more than just getting a new PR on a, on a distance yeah uh, things that you could never have never thought you could have done previously you know I for as for as you know the strength that I have I wouldn't say is extremely great but it's enough to get me through obstacles and stuff so like bucket carry is kind of you usually give me trouble I usually have to stop I've, I've made it through the bucket carry uh, without ever without putting it down for the first time in Austin so just like little things like that is just feels so good it makes you want to come back and, and get better and do more Well, anything else you want to say about Conquer the Gauntlet? Um, I don't think so. I think anybody that was out there running for a long period of time into the afternoon just did amazing just because of the heat. And it was, yeah, you know, probably one of the first early hot runs of the year for everyone. Yes. So yep. there's definitely an adaptation period for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So, yeah, that's all I want to say about that. And it was great to just, like, hang out with OCR family and everything. It was, it was good. Yeah, I felt like the event was well put on. Like, for, I mean, I can't think of a Concord Gauntlet where I was like, man, this is garbage. But overall, it was a good event. Yeah. I guess we can call it there. It's not like we haven't talked long enough. <laughs> 2.32. Oddly, four drinks. I didn't feel as... I didn't feel as deep as I did that last right? time. That we, <laughs> like and, that, deep. and this episode has become longer <laughs> than that one. <laughs> I, I think early on I was like, look, in my head, I was like, I know that this is going to last a while. So just don't rush topics and just let it happen. So that's what we did. <laughs> that is definitely <laughs> what we did. Picture of the collection of beer bottles in front of my laptop right now. <laughs> oh, nice. You want me to use that one for the episode uh, yeah. image? Mine has turned into uh, bottles and and water bottle, bottles mixed in because <laughs> I've ran out of uh, alcohol to drink, so I've turned to water because my voice is getting dry. So we're gonna wrap it there. If you are still with us, then congratulations. <laughs> I, is it really a congratulations? <laughs> I hope you're like, nearing the end of your long run. Yeah. It's more like, are you okay? Have you have you passed out? Are you still with us? Are you we actually need still to with us? Alert the authorities. <laughs> Good luck to you wherever you are. <laughs> I hope you're not stranded on a trail somewhere. <laughs> you're like, dang it, why is it, why is this episode ending anymore? <laughs> Lastly, if you are still here, don't forget, just send us a message somewhere, anywhere, or message, tag us telling comment, us what your tag us. Yeah. Whatever. Email anything saying what your favorite drink is. And you will possibly get entered you will and get entered to win a uh, OCR talk baseball cap of color of your choice from the dumb spread shop <laughs> store. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think that's it. 
if you are really still listening and if you if you like this uh style of you know the style of episode like seriously this episode's way too long and <laughs> I, I like that we do this sometimes but i think it would be too much if we did it often yeah so we can't post um, a whole you know we've gotten good feedback episodes. about that <laughs> yeah and, and when we do it we've gotten good feedback so I, I don't want to push into that too much and make it like just become boring and old so this whole time, by the way, we've been recording. It's never stopped raining. I just want to say. Oh, wow. Yeah. Huh. And it was already raining for like two hours before. Jeez. Yeah. All right. So the, all that stuff that we talked about, Arkansas and uh, <laughs> Oklahoma, now South Louisiana's got. Well, it won't stop it's just a given in South Louisiana at this point. <laughs> any, any last thoughts? No last thoughts. I think I'm, I think I'm out. Tapped. Of thoughts. Good night to you, wherever you are. Happy trails. May your dreams. I hope you know where your children you. are. <laughs> May your dreams fly as high. No. What was it? When uh, Michael Scott was telling Ryan what he wanted to say for the graduate class oh god your dreams fly may your dreams fly as high as your hat or something <laughs> stupid like that I don't know. anyway good night Declan you want to say hello no. bye